Welcome to another episode of Pre-Workout Thoughts, a comedy and fitness podcast hosted by me, Rose, or better are known online as Rosemary Faith Fit. While you dry scoop, over scoop, crack open an energy drink, or sip on a cold brew, this is the podcast for those of you wanting to have an open discussion. As you know, I love to talk about anything and everything. Fitness, mental health, self-improvement, and relationships are important to me, and so is not taking everything too seriously. So buckle up for this epic mental mind pup. So for today, I actually have something really special to share with you guys. It's going to be a IGTV live that I did. So this was on Instagram with Emily Haida. She's another Instagram creator that I've known for several years. She's also very, very passionate about mental health, about fitness. She competed in the bikini category just like I did. So we've known each other for a really long time, but we had never really gotten together on this format. So without any further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and let you enjoy this interview. I'm used to this. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm excited for this. Me too. So should we just introduce ourselves a little bit to everybody watching? Yeah. Um, so I'm Emily. I'm 25 years old. I live in London, Ontario. Um, I currently work at a homeless shelter and I've been in therapy for over a year now. So we're just going to chat about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm Rosemary. Uh, I live in Gatineau, Quebec, and I am a social worker, um, and I'm going to give my personal opinions and thoughts about therapy. I've been in therapy myself, and so, yeah, this is an important topic to me. We're going to make sure that we give it justice, and we can get into that. Um, yeah. How about you start us off and tell us a little bit about what made you start going to therapy and what was that process like for you? Right. So um, how I got connected with my therapist was through um, the victim services program because I am, I was assaulted by an ex-partner. Um, so when I was going through all of that, um, when I had to like, press charges and stuff they gave me this pamphlet of like oh victim services and they just like handed me this phone number and they're like oh if you need anything just call them okay. so I was like it took me like probably a week or two and I really thought about it and I was really struggling with like my mental health and what had happened so I decided to like reach out and call this mm. service so I had to go for like an initial meeting and they would like connect me with a counselor and they explain like you get 10 free sessions, like a thousand dollar grant. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'll, I'll do that. So I went for my 10 sessions and then the funding after that was done. Um, and I just felt like I really needed to like talk about what had happened and like to kind of process everything. Cause I was like very much in shock. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think I finally was like able to reach out for help because I had been suffering like in that relationship for so long with my mental health. I was like really at a low point in my life. Yeah. So I think I finally just like I needed help and I was ready to ask for help. Mm -hmm. 
I feel yeah. like I have so many like questions and I, I just want to say up front, I think um, that, you know, we want to respect whatever that you are willing to share and that we yeah. both are going to share. This is like, you know, completely on, uh, it belongs to you. Um, but I'm just wondering if according to you, uh, what you had was enough, like 10 sessions. And if after that, um, you know, were you connected with one person the whole time? Is that still who you're connected to today? And um, after that, well, did they connect you to other organizations or it was exclusively one-on-one? -on -one? Considering especially that your uh, situation is directed with something as like, you know, critical as assault. Right. So yeah, after my 10 sessions, my therapist like kind of went over different options with me and like, um, got me connected or like gave me the options to reach out to other services that were like geared to income or free because I don't I didn't have coverage at the time so the only downfall was that the waiting list is like two years to get connected with another service for free so then she said um, she like offers her victim services um people, I guess, um, like a special yeah. deal if they don't have benefits. So I still continue to see her and she only charges me $40 a session, which is like amazing. Because usually it's like over 120 yeah. bucks. That's so, yeah, that's really inexpensive. Yeah. So I was really like fortunate to have her be able to accommodate me and what I could afford, mm -hmm. given that I don't have coverage to cover therapy. So and I still continue yeah. the year. Okay, to this day. Yeah. Um, so I think that what you hit on just now is something that I'm sure a lot of people who would be interested in, in going to get therapy, get this kind of blockage by the obstacles in place of like the wait list. And mm -hmm. we all, uh, well in Canada at least, and most provinces, well here you have the public healthcare system but it's very, very slow. And um, because of that, like, and and I can attest to this, it's not gonna break any like confidentiality terms to just say it, like there's a big wait list. And when I'm contacting people that I help, even just as a social worker, where we, we do therapeutic work, um, people have been waiting for six months and the situation's changed. Maybe they've gotten help on their own. Maybe they've, you know, they've managed, they'd have adapted, but to a certain extent when they were in that position of need there's kind of like just like uh i guess not enough measures to kind of compensate and to assist right away yeah and so i think maybe that's kind of a, an obstacle a lot of people are going to see for sure yeah i agree um would you say that so in your situation in particular you had the quote-unquote uh, advantage if you would of like being able to have a sp very specific need and very critical need which mm -hmm. made it so that you were like okay I'm open to this I'm gonna take what I can and learn from it but would you say that there is a mindset that you need to be in in order to benefit from therapy for sure so growing up like in high school I had a really hard time like with my family life and stuff and I tried to see a few different therapists through school and like outside of like my mom's counselor as well I tried to see and they both did not go well um I think it was like 
because I was so young at the time and I didn't really understand therapy and I wasn't ready to like put in the work or like accept things or hear things that I just didn't want to hear at that age um and like I think it's just oh I was like grade probably grade nine to grade 12 so pretty young I'd say um there was one therapist that I did see she was a social worker that would come to our high school and I stayed connected with her but it became like I would only go see her when things were really good in my life. And I wanted to like Mm. almost prove to her that I was doing good. And it wasn't like genuine because Mm. I don't think I was ready to talk about the bad things with her and like admit that I needed help or like admit that there's things I'm struggling with. And like, I didn't know how to like express that to other people and to actually ask for help. I would just suffer alone. So I definitely think like you have to be in the right mindset to be like wanting to talk about things that are hard and like wanting to receive the feedback you get from like a counselor or a social worker. Uh, your experience of like just not being able to kind of take in that therapy and, and the work that you were going through at that time. And I 100% relate. I think yeah. I did need some help, if you would. And I needed to, I needed to change as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was on drugs, I was, uh, you know, like, seeking validation and and in high school and like, wasn't really knowing myself. This was obviously really disturbing for my parents. And, you know, they they wanted what's best for me, right? So they they wanted to put me in therapy. And I understand that completely. But I was uh, either I would not show up, or I would show up hung over like this poor girl, like, I wasn't, I wasn't really getting the, doing the work, first of all, and I was so afraid when I was there to be real, to be raw, like, I was just putting up a wall, and now looking back, I mean, the both of us, look at us, like, we have this lesson from, from those experiences, so if someone out there listening has had similar experiences, don't discount them, like, as, and don't discount therapy, of course, but understand that uh, and and maybe you'll agree that there's a time and place for that mm-hmm. and like if you really take inventory about what happened maybe at that time it wasn't it, it wasn't what you needed because you couldn't you couldn't ask or give yourself what you needed right yeah that makes a lot of sense and I think what you mentioned too about being vulnerable like that is a huge thing me and my mm-hmm. therapist talk about that to this day too like you have to be vulnerable to like be able to express how you're feeling not only in therapy but in other relationships in your life as well like it's extremely hard to do and I think like if you're not in the right mindset to be able to like let your walls down and be vulnerable with a counselor or therapist Mm -hmm. like you're not gonna get the what you want out of it yeah would you agree um and, and I'm actually curious about this though like is there a balance that needs to happen with your therapist um, between confrontation and support? Because, um, and as a new professional, I do find that I struggle sometimes with uh, not necessarily empathy. The empathy is always going to be there, but um, I, I really do struggle with confronting because I know that it can be very painful for someone who um, isn't isn't already self-aware and is on, isn't already kind of assuming their responsibility and and in wanting to learn well what 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 can you say helped you in terms of 
even though, I mean, even as a position of a victim of your situation, what was helpful to receive in terms of confrontation versus support? Um, I think in terms of confrontation, the way my therapist would do it was like to explain why people or like to why myself, like why I do something or why I act a certain way or why I feel mm -hmm. a certain way instead of like calling me out on it. She kind of like explains like how your brain works basically or like why people do certain things who are victims of like domestic relationships like and it mm. makes you feel like a lot less alone because like the unhealthy behaviors I had I don't feel it like attacked or like confrontation from my therapist I feel like I'm learning and like mm. she makes me feel like yeah. it's okay because like you're not the only one who does these things or like has experienced these things right yeah. 100% so, I love that. I love that a lot that, you know, she takes a position of just like explaining instead of, of course, attacking. If you feel attacked, yeah. I think that's an opportunity in, in therapy. If someone feels attacked by their therapist, that's an opportunity for you to question, well, is that based on fact and, and you know, a, a pattern that really is disrespectful or is it just um, not a style of approach that, that fits with you? That can happen as well. I know that in, in Quebec anyways, um, with social workers and I'm assuming with psychologists too like you have the right to choose your caretaker and your professional mm -hmm. so if sometimes it really is a conflict of you know the, the the relationship between the two that you have a right to request a different um caretaker but again that's when you need to have that exercise of reflection and kind of decide am I just putting another obstacle of therapy but and wedge between me and my therapist or is this you know what belongs to me what belongs to them right yeah mm -hmm. that makes sense. and i because, think it's sorry go ahead oh no uh, i was just gonna say because it's you know i mean it's not untrue that there are professional faults out there like mm -hmm. we know that not every therapist is going to be um and not even just not for you some some individuals are not um you know they're out there they're 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 on the field they're therapists and they don't have this empathetic approach and i'm mm -hmm. so saddened by that yeah me too and i've had a i've had a few experiences with that um growing up my mom had a therapist that wanted to see like our whole family and by the time like my dad and my sister and i sat down with her like she was just horrible, like attacked yeah. us and blamed my sister and I for everything. And like, yeah. it just felt like something out of a movie. Like she had everything so wrong. And mm. it was, she didn't take the time to like talk to us separately and get to know like what was going on in our lives. Like she just took one side of the story mm. and ran with it. And like, I think it really affected myself. I'm not sure about my sister, but it was like very like, um, traumatic to have to yeah. sit through that as a as a young kid and like just be attacked and like blamed for everything it was it was pretty no I, i'm not going to minimize at all the damage that it can have on yeah. someone on their experience on their perspective about therapy in general afterwards of conflict because you're like oh but this is an expert but on the other hand they're making fun of my anxiety let's say like you know right. a, a really typical example some people will say blatantly you're overreacting or um question i had for you because you're a social worker and yeah. are you still in therapy right now or was it in your past you were 
Yeah, so I love that question, actually. Um, I'm not, I would say, consistently in therapy, but um, I did reach out uh, this semester. I'm graduating in April, so like end of April. So in two weeks, I'm going to be graduating as a social worker. And this was my first year of like being in a full-time internship. And like I was really struggling like financially this year because of, like ever since COVID, like I haven't been really financially stable and so in january actually i had my um initiation to the internship and my teacher kind of said like you're behind and um this is how you're going to catch up uh, i hope you can but like he, he didn't really put any faith in me and in, in this meeting and he was like kind of expressing you know but you're behind but you're behind and like i remember in january just sitting there like okay, like, I'm freaking out. And like, uh, at university, we had gotten the message that we had access to free um, therapy um, with a social worker, or with a psychologist if it was related to mental health. And I decided to speak to just another social worker because and to reach out, I got that message. And I was like, you know what, I, I want to see I just want to see someone and talk about this. You know, I have a boyfriend at home who's really understanding. Um, and, and this is to everyone here. Like you can have people in your life who support you and you can have a lot of strategies in place to deal with mental health on the regular and still just know yourself and know that it's time to reach out when you need that help. And so I did. And I saw her two times in January because again, suffering stress was high yeah. and I have an appointment now next week. So I've been, I was trying to get an appointment earlier than that. And then she canceled and I canceled. So that can happen too. But I think it's a good example of like knowing yourself and knowing like that if you do have the resources available to you, you should take them, take yeah. them like 100% take them. I wasn't planning on sharing that. But I'm like sitting here and I'm like, yeah, but why would I be ashamed? Like, it's it's why would I be ashamed? like, mm -hmm. I shouldn't be ashamed because I tell people who come to me to not be and so why would I be any different? Um, I was really stressed and it doesn't change exactly what's happening around you. But it can change how you feel in that moment. And it can give you a different because yeah. You're embarrassed of having problems. Guys, no one has a perfect life. Like, Okay, this is Rosemary here editing. Just wanted to give a little side note to let you know if you didn't read the show notes that this was an IGTV. So some of what we're saying is because we were looking at each other through video and we had some technical difficulties. So this is going to be part two. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. So, uh, oh my gosh. I'll never get used to how zoomed in this <laughs> live. It's so bad. Oh my gosh. And we're both little eggs right now. <laughs> I know, right? I love it. Okay. Well, um, as I was saying, um, we're just going to pick right off where we were at. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> well, um, essentially, as I was saying, I, I went to therapy and um, it was a few sessions. Uh, yeah, there was some stuff going on with university and, and finances, but I kind of wanted to reiterate that there were signs going on in my life, which, you know, because life can happen to everyone and that doesn't necessarily mean that you need therapy for that, right? Right. But for me, it was that 
I was crying a lot. I was emotional eating and I was having trouble sleeping. So those were cues for me that I was like really struggling Mm -hmm. and that I needed to kind of seek out someone to talk to so that I could diffuse the tension. And since then, like, um, I, I, it's been better and I just feel a lot better when I was speaking with her. I was like, okay, well, I understand more what's going on. Like, do you think that there are signs like that you can kind of remember or consider that people should kind of be aware about? Yeah. So I remember like a few years ago before I went to therapy, I couldn't sleep ever. Like I had the Mm. worst insomnia of my life. I was up all night and like I hardly slept during the day. And I think I like let that sign slip a little and I Mm. kind of just ignored it because I did have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. But um, now that I'm regularly going to therapy, I think it's not so much like big traumatic things are happening in my life because that's not the case anymore. I think it's more so like my mental state and like how I feel like I'll be easily agitated or annoyed with people or like Mm. I'll feel um, just, like, not myself and, like, off or, like, lazy, like, don't want to get out of bed, like, stuff like that. And I really tune into that and I go see my counselor. (laughs) I think that you hit on the point that I think everyone should kind of keep in mind, which is that it's, like, when you're not yourself. Yeah. And that's going to be different for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And I also try to, like, focus on finding things to, like, make me feel better. And, like, if I can't get in to see my therapist right away, like, I'll always go for nature walks. Like, that's the one thing that really helps me, like, get in a better headspace. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important that people have, like, an alternative solution if they don't have quick access to therapy, right? For sure. Like, to have some mechanisms to self-soothe. If you... Is that is that something that you learned in therapy or that you were able to do on your own as well? Um, I think I kind of learned that on my own because I remember the first lockdown, um, my therapy was online and I found that like a little more difficult to connect with my therapist. So I really started like I lived near this trail at the time. So I would just go and explore there and I kind of realized that it made me feel a lot better. So I kind of just been doing that ever since. Mm, Yeah. So to seek out activities that you know are going to make you feel better in the moment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing like me and my therapist talk about to make me feel better, like is the gym, which obviously, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's rough. Yeah. (laughs) I think that helps a lot of people with mental health. uh, And we're hoping that that gets get recognized soon by especially like maybe because of the lockdowns that it will get recognized right officially yeah i hope so (laughs) yeah you and me and uh, a lot of other people i'm sure literally (laughs) so like i think that you hit on a, a good point that like because of therapy you know better like what you need um but i think even whether you're in therapy or not like I think someone, and maybe we can just jump into the Q&A, someone had said, like, what do you do, like, on the really hard days when, and maybe they, I don't know if this person has a therapist or not, but, like, the hard days are, are part of life, right, and they'll happen. Would Is that, like, kind of, like, what, how do you answer that question? 
Um, I think it's like on the hard days for myself, I try to just remind myself that it's only one day and like tomorrow's a new day. And I also try to like, maybe tell the people I'm around that I'm feeling like kind of shitty today, or I'm like, Mm. I'm feeling down or I'm agitated. And I just try to like, let them know. And like, sometimes my friends can offer me advice or just support and like spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's harder with the pandemic. But I just try to like, remind myself that it's only one day like tomorrow's a fresh start and I again try to do things that make me feel better in that moment I love that I love that because it's like and I don't I can't really speak on like different mental illness like I don't have a mental illness per se but like I said last time mental illness is a spectrum and on that spectrum I think I have probably like very functional anxiety yeah and when I have those bad days, right? Sometimes, like, I'll slip and, like, you know, what I said earlier, I guess, like, you you cry, you get moody, or, you know, you emotional eat, whatever it is, like, I think we all have our our ways to react to to whatever mental struggle we're going to have, but I I think self-care is a really big, big one for me, like, exercise, self-care, um just taking care of my body for sure like with a massage or with like um a bath like I love bath salts like and just candles I'm obsessed with candles I love aromatherapy I love cooking um so those are different things journaling I think if people even I would go as far as saying like a spiritual connection to something and like getting just or just in touch emotionally can make people just kind of have a a peace right and so find your peace and make your peace like I think that's the biggest part and maybe and also just be aware that that sometimes if you're having a really bad day like it is what it is and like maybe no matter what you do it's like you just have to go through that day yeah I think it's important to like remind people too that even if your thing is doing absolutely nothing then that's Mm. okay too Like, Mm. sometimes on my really bad days, I literally lay in bed and I watch, like, reality TV and I'll eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream and that does it for me. And it's, Mm. like, I think it's important that you don't have to be, like, doing something Mm. physical or being outside or being productive on your bad days. Like, you can also be lazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, recover and rest. Yeah. And, like, just accept right like acceptance is so hard I think self-acceptance of your emotions but also of what in that moment you decide that you need right and like it's hard because maybe you have internalized this like message of what you should be doing like I think sometimes I will say or I'll hear my friends or whoever say oh but I should have it together I should have been doing my homework I should have been doing this today it's like yeah but no and you had like a bad mental emotional day and what you wanted to do yeah was was watch tv and like you just couldn't you couldn't get it done today it you then then you have tomorrow to start back it's a new day it's a fresh start and like your worth is not going to be defined like by any of that yeah I agree yeah Mm-hmm. so uh and the other question was I can't really recall exactly the wording but it was something about like doing the work outside of therapy like what does that look like is that the question I think it was something like yeah. that along the lines of like um is there work that you have to do outside of therapy and what does that look like like 
maybe that can help people also who don't want to go into therapy, but just right. be aware. Yeah. Um, I don't really like my therapist doesn't really give me homework, but mm -hmm. I always try to keep like the little tools she's taught me in the back of my mind, like mm. in different situations, like in different like relationships or friendships and like just noticing like um, different red flags or triggers that might trigger me or like um, go against my values and beliefs and like what I'm comfortable with and mm -hmm. just like how to navigate that I guess and like mm. um like I'm very not confrontational so like my therapist and I are kind of working on like me expressing to other people that what what I need from others is important and I people can't read my mind like I have to express that so okay. I think that's kind of how I practice it outside of therapy is like actually telling people how I feel now instead of just keeping it all inside and like if I'm upset or hurt I'll like express it to somebody mm. instead of like just ignoring them or like getting over it myself and like letting them keep doing it to me so okay so I think like from what I am understanding is that like you've gotten to know your triggers and you've gotten to know your reactions and yeah. like so now you kind of have to practice how to react in a way that like will build your relationships instead of like push them away, especially yeah. because your reactions were based on, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to assume like, were they based on like trauma? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they were like trauma based reactions. And so were people understanding of that though, or like they didn't know and it was like creating like conflict um I don't think they really knew like because I I tend to keep mm -hmm. things to myself okay so just to like I've been trying to explain to people more like it it upsets me or hurts me or makes me feel this way when you do this because of this reason like from my past type of thing okay yeah that's right. awesome yeah. and I think whether you're like whether someone is on more on your your type of personality of of confrontation like that they're non-confrontational at all yeah it still will take the same steps as like if someone is like me which is the other side and like completely confrontational loves to like kind of express myself and like want to have those conversations yeah but uh, then again what I had to learn was to also express that hey maybe um when I was speaking to you about that I was being impulsive or I wasn't keeping you in mind and um, in my case, it's not based on trauma, but it's just on skills of right. communication. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I so think... either way, yeah, it comes down to like just knowing which, what are your triggers, what okay. are yourself and what you can practice and how to better communicate that with people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think one other thing to like practice outside of therapy is the whole being vulnerable thing we talked about mm. because you have to be vulnerable in therapy like with a therapist but it's also important to like build those deeper friendships or deeper relationships and have those connections with people you have to be vulnerable so that's one other thing that I practice like both inside and outside of therapy yeah for sure vulnerability I mean that's gonna give you access to yourself and who you really are as a person and who you want to be and where you want to go in life, but also um, just to receive like love from others and 
criticism from others and not take everything so personally in a way because you'll just know that like oh the well they're like you'll realize i think that they're coming from their um and and maybe they're they, they don't have mental health chronic illness or anything like that but still you'll be aware that they're coming from a place of their experience and their communication skills and you're better able to kind of gauge like your own when you're in relationships yeah for sure Mm -hmm. and uh I mean aside from that like is there anything else that you kind of wanted to touch on that um could help kind of people assess like anything about therapy uh that we didn't really cover um I don't know nothing nothing else really other than if it's something that they're considering like I wouldn't hesitate and I would try Mm -hmm. to like get access to it because it really does help. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We believe in it. And um, I don't want to go ahead and like, I think there's this blanket statement that's like, is it for everybody or it's not? I don't think that's really the question to be asking. Like, I think everyone has the responsibility to ask themselves, like considering their difficulties or their situation is it for them and but be open be open to getting the help um because you'll you never know what you can get out of it you never know even if it even even if it didn't work out with that therapist in particular like there's always something to learn out of these situations if you're open to it and um it'll just mean that you have tried and and really that you you cared about your situation enough and yourself too yeah to help yourself yeah well I mean, I'm so glad that we talked about this, that we're bringing kind of shedding light on therapy and that the fact that like, it's something that it it, it should be open and shouldn't be like, I mean, it's private, it's personal, of course, but um, that we're shedding light on the fact that like, we encourage you to, yeah, to get the help that you mm-hmm. need and, and to not be afraid of healing. I agree. I think it's like, it takes a really strong person to admit that they need the help and it takes an even stronger person to reach out. So it's, it's not something that anybody should ever be ashamed of. So for sure. And you don't have to share it with anybody. Like you really don't just because we did, that doesn't mean that you have to share it. It just means that you have to ask yourself if it's an option for you. And if it's something Mm -hmm. that you can debate about with yourself that could help you be happier and more successful and just a better person with yourself at the end of the day yeah Yeah. exactly so I hope that I mean I I think that we'll be doing another live on some some other awesome topics like that are important to us and that people may be interested in Mm -hmm. I think that's a good idea okay well um well then I'm gonna we're gonna sign off on that note and always reach out to us guys like we're here for you guys like our dms are open like you don't have to ever be shy and we'll completely be anonymous whatever conversations we have i know that the both of us are are very very open to to anybody and anything so you don't have to feel like you're alone ever exactly yes i'm always here to chat with anybody don't hesitate to dm us for sure especially (laughs) in this lockdown like quebec ontario people like just yeah yeah (laughs) we're we're staying strong and let us know 
Uh, we'll put like a question box on our stories for what else you guys want us to talk about on upcoming lives, but we would love to hear your feedback. Yes, please. Yeah. So we'll do this again. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.